Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Start of the second period, Coyotes lead the Blue Jackets 2-0. Coyotes scoring on two of their four shots on goal. Zach Cassian has scored. The former Oiler gets his first with the Desert Dogs. Early second period, Bruins leading the Stars 1-0. Wild and Canadians in a 1-1 tie. Caulfield has his fifth for the Habs. Devils lead the Red Wings 3-1. That's also early in the second period. Several games coming up later, including... The 4-1 Calgary uh, Calgary Flames taking on the 4-1-1 Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins suffering their first regulation loss last night right here in Edmonton. Also, the uh, Golden Knights will play the Sharks. Phil Kessel is going to become your new NHL Ironman. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we move along tonight. Hey, good to have you tuning in this evening. So the uh, first chapter of the Oilers season is in the books. I think it was pretty easy to designate this six-game homestand as uh, you know, a demarcation point for the story of the season. And the Oilers' record is okay. They go three and three. I didn't think they were going to go six and zero. Oh. I think you would have loved to go four and two. Get two thirds of your points at home, about half your points on the road minimum, and you should be a playoff team. Uh, now I know some of you might be saying, "Okay, Reed. Well, they they outplayed Buffalo, and that should have been a win." So give them a break. Fair enough. But I would also suggest that they they probably should have lost the game to the Vancouver Canucks. So I think it all evens out in the end. But four games in, and I think we have some definite storylines for the Oilers. And I want to give you some of my uh, chief three or four observations here in the first half hour of the show. I am also happy to get yours at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation and ceiling systems certain teed pro all the way 780-496-0063 you can also email inside sports at 630ched.com follow me on twitter if you're so inclined at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s well i i first of all and I, kelly rudy's coming up between 6 30 and 7 tonight and i i want to get his impression on this since he was a goaltender himself and he saw mike smith play a lot over the course of his NHL career. And, and Kelly spends a lot of time watching the two Alberta teams. And Smith played for the Flames and the Oilers as his career wound down. And one of the observations I want to make is that I, I think there is an adjustment process here for the Edmonton Oilers to playing without Mike Smith. And I, I want you to note how I'm phrasing that. 
I'm not saying that the Oilers are adjusting to playing with Jack Campbell or to playing with Stuart Skinner, who they did play a little bit with last year, but you know where I'm going with this. I, I think the adjustment is to play to, to is playing without Mike Smith because Mike Smith is the best puck handling goaltender in hockey history. Now, maybe there's some guy that, uh, you know, plays in St. Wahlberg. I don't know, in the Saskalta League, that's a better puck handler, but he's not in the best league in the world. So I got to say, Mike Smith was the best puck handling goaltender ever. I, 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 that's where I would put him. I would rank him number one. And if you and yes, when Mike Smith made a gaffe, it was frustrating. It was spooky. And sometimes it wound up in the Oilers net. And it even happened in the playoffs a couple times. And that was frustrating. But there were also a lot of times... Mike Smith made a spectacular play overtime at San Jose last year. He whaps the puck up the wall in uh, game two against Calgary. Dreisaitl gets a breakaway. He, he, he made a lot of incredible plays with the puck, and he alleviated the forecheck. And I think because of Mike Smith, the Oilers' defense didn't have to defend as much as they often would have with a different goaltender. They did not often have to go all the way back to get the puck from behind the net or or even go as, as far back into the corner to receive an outlet pass from the goaltender from behind the net because Smith was so good at advancing the puck. You watch the Oilers with Smith in net. He would stop the puck. He would look around. He would handle it. And sometimes he would make a pass to the hash mark, to the top of the circle, even into the neutral zone to start the breakout. And you saw how it affected opposing forwards. They knew, well, great. We chipped it in and Smith has it. There's no sense going after him because he's just going to whip it by us and then we'll get caught going the other way. So I do think there is an adjustment here. And there have been problems in the Oilers' end at times. That, that cannot be denied. They're, they have had periods of games when they've had trouble breaking out, they've been chopping the puck around. They they haven't been making crisp passes. And then the other team has been able to regroup and come right back in off a turnover, off a counterattack, whatever it may be. Now, I am not suggesting that is all because Mike Smith is no longer the goaltender. But I do think that is some of it. The, the, the time for the Oilers to start their breakout and advance the puck out of their own end is on average longer because Mike Smith is not the goaltender. And I think that is an adjustment. I think that's an adjustment that now defensemen are getting hit a little more. They're under pressure a little more. And what does that lead to? It leads to sloppy passes. It leads to turnovers. It, it leads to defensemen getting hit. All those kind of things. So I do think that we're seeing an adjustment. Now, is this something that can be overcome? Well, of course it can. Of, of course it can because last year, 31 teams in the NHL played without Mike Smith and, you know, they figured out ways to get the puck out. Maybe, maybe some of the bad teams didn't do it quite as well, but I do think this is adjustment. The Oilers are going through. I know Rob has brought it up a couple of times and we wondered in the preseason how it might look once we got into the year and there's nothing wrong with Campbell's puck handling and there's nothing wrong with Skinner's puck handling, but I do think, it is an adjustment, and that's going to be my first observation on the Edmonton Oilers. 780-496-0063. I got plenty more to talk to you about. We have Sir Robert hanging on the line. Sir Robert, appreciate you chiming in tonight. What's going on? Uh, hey, Reed, How you doing? I'm doing quite well. Well, I mean, I have, a, I have a couple points. I mean, you know what? I mean, three and three, obviously, I mean, is, I mean, to me, it's not, it's not great, but... I mean, considering considering their play at times, 
I mean, to to come out of it to come out of it three and three when they very well could have been two and four. I think I think is pretty good. Uh, you know, I think uh, honestly the uh, the goaltending, in my opinion, has been has been fine. Campbell's been good. Skinner Skinner's been good. I don't think I don't think in uh, uh, any of the three losses uh, that I would blame the goaltending and. And you know what? And uh, you know, and as far as the, as far as far as the new guys like Murray on on D, I think he's looked okay. Holloway haven't really seen enough of him because he's injured. But uh, you know what? Overall, three and three on this on this six game homestand. Personally, I'll take that because I think uh, I would I would rather see this team, despite the high expectations, I would rather see them face some adversity now so that they know that they know what it's like and then go okay later on in the year we've been here before we know how to handle it yeah thanks sir robert i think those are all fair observations and i think especially you make a good po- a point about the goaltending the oilers goaltending has been i think above average on the whole maybe even you'd call it very good bordering on excellent if you look at the individual stats especially for campbell they, they won't look great but He's he came up with some big big saves in the first period last night against Pittsburgh. They could have had more than a one goal lead. Uh, I know Campbell got pulled against Calgary last Saturday. Skinner came in, stopped thirty one out of thirty one, gave him a chance. Skinner's start against Buffalo. Okay, you know he led in three. One was on a breakaway. The other, the Comrie at the other end was spectacular. Um, Campbell allows one goal against St. Louis. They lose one nothing, and Campbell was big in the uh, the comeback game against Vancouver back in the first game of the season. No problems with the Oilers' goaltenders. I I, I can't think of a goal we've really uh, debated or 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 deflating goal along the way where you thought, well, that was maybe eighty percent on the goaltender that that went in. So I do think that the the goaltending's been pretty good. That was Sir Robert seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right, so uh, I touched on adjusting to not having Mike Smith a positive that I see for the Edmonton Oilers, the play of Ryan McLeod. Up the right side and out with it is Derek Ryan. He's got Shore with him. In over the Pittsburgh line, waiting. He'll drop it. McLeod in. Scores! Ryan McLeod on the stick side of Jari. Yeah, just a quick break the other way. And, uh, you know, Derek Ryan made a great play and I was kind of all in alone and just luckily get one through, but it was a great play by you know, DR to set me up there. Yeah, I was just trying to drive it wide there. Um, I knew he was behind me. He was talking a little bit, had a quick little peek over my shoulder and saw he was there and figured he had a nice clear lane to the net and so I'd put it there for him. Ryan Murray, short side score! Ryan McLeod and the Oilers are within a goal! I think I had a good summer in the gym and uh, you kind of was working on shooting the puck more and, and uh, some mindset and I think I'm you know playing with a lot of confidence right now too, so it's, uh, it's helping. He's put the work in in a, in a short way of answering that question he's put the work in he he's somebody who has um over time um been challenged with uh capitalizing on his natural gifts he has a lot of natural gifts he's a big man he's in great shape he skates like the wind um he's got very good hockey sense and really good skills i think for him as he's coming into his own at this level he's learning what his capabilities are and what he needs to do in order to have success and then he goes out and he works at that Uh, so it's not an accident it's intentional, um, the success that he's seeing. Um, you know, I think for him, 
you know, the more he plays, the more minutes he gets exposed to, the more uh, those chances will go in. What I like about it, and I said this the other day, is that he's willing to get his nose dirty. And when you're willing to get your nose dirty and pay a price, uh, typically good things happen. Evan Bouchard can go in behind the net, find some room on the right, goes up the middle. He's got McLeod. Now to Nugent, Nugent Hopkins in over the line. Back to McLeod. Scores! Yeah, I think uh, especially watching guys like Connor and Leon, you kind of can see where they're uh, creating, uh, creating uh, time from and kind of just uh, trying to play a bit like them. And it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's helping. I think that he's found a way to use his speed through the middle of the ice a lot more. Um, he's obviously been given ample opportunity. He's taken advantage of it. He's a dynamic player offensively, and he's finding ways to contribute up and down the ice. And um, he's a great player. He's fun to watch. All right, Ryan McLeod speaking there along with Derek Ryan and head coach Jay Woodcroft. McLeod has started the season very well. He has three goals in six games so three points doesn't have an assist yet he's plus six you look at last season now we'll see what pace he gets to here last season he had nine goals in 71 games I, I don't think he's going to maintain his 41 goal pace that he's on now but to me he looks like an NHL player and I know he played in the NHL last year but I think that was still a growth and learning season for him he looks very confident. He looks very strong. He doesn't look overmatched. The Oilers played some good teams on this homestand, and I would say in every game you could find at least a portion of the game when McLeod was able to make an impact. Um, Woodcroft mentioned his, his size. I mean, he, he, he's, he's bigger than he might appear to be while, while he's on the ice. He's 6'2", about 205 pounds. He can skate. Woodcroft mentioned the hockey sense, and he's – and as he said, he put the work in the, in the summer and he wanted to have a little bit more of a shooting mentality and he's been doing very well. And here's the thing for the Oilers going for, I, I, we talk a lot about the line combinations and of course they change all the time, but I wonder if the Oilers are, are better off long-term if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a winger on one of the top two lines, as opposed to being the third line center. And if they're better off with having McDavid, Dreisaitl, and McLeod down the middle, and then you have Shore, Ryan, or whoever's playing as the fourth-line center, they've been playing 11-7 and seven so often. It's one of the other guys rotating through anyway. Uh, and then Nugent Hopkins is a winger for McDavid or Dreisaitl. Now, of course, the wild card in this is Holloway, who is, is banged up, probably going to get back in the lineup on the road trip. And then also, how are Yamamoto and Pugliarvi going to play? And so far, those two guys are on the other end of the spectrum from McLeod. McLeod's been doing well. Yamamoto and Pugliarvi struggling a little bit. And we're going to talk about them when we get back. Happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, thanks to James H. Brown for their continued support of the show. Trent Brown, of course, former 
Double E Safety is a uh, frequent guest here on Inside Sports. We'll have to get him on uh, as we lead into the Grey Cup. The Edmonton Elks wrapped it up on, uh, when was that game? Friday night against BC, another loss for the Elks. They had the good old garbage bag day. Blake Dermott's going to check in between 7 and 7.30 tonight. Uh, I mentioned Kelly Rudy after 6.30. And Luke Gazdick, a new regular contributor to the show, will be on between 7.30 and 8. Oilers tomorrow in St. Louis. Face-off show at 4.30, game at 6. That is our broadcast tomorrow. Then they are in Chicago on Thursday, in Calgary on Saturday for this three-game road trip. Kellen Kennedy back at the 6.30 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing good. How about you? Good. What do you have for me? Well, let's start with uh, a text from an unknown texter, but he says, Reed, I texted this subject to Bob yesterday. I think you're right. They will figure this out. Though This team is good. Get ready for good times ahead. I believe he's referring to the Oilers trying to play without Mike Smith. Uh, well, I think he just probably means in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Oilers are... I've said this several times. So you're probably sick of me saying it. They're, they're a good team. I, I would even go so far as to call them a very good team trying to become an excellent team. And I think you got to really do something special in the playoffs to get that designation. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't think the sky is falling because they're three and three. Uh, I, I do think now I, I do think you have to take the quality of opponent into consideration, the good old QO, as I call it. Um, th- they are going to play teams further down in the standings. I mean, they're, they're going to play Arizona. They're going to play San Jose teams. They should beat most of the time. I, I think on this uh, homestand, maybe you, you know, on paper going into the season, maybe you would have said Buffalo would have been the weakest team. Well, Buffalo beat them, and Buffalo's doing pretty well. Um, now, you, you have to, I always put it this way you have to understand sometimes a good team will lose to uh, another good team, but you got to win those at least some of the time. So, you know, three and three, okay, would have been great to be four and two. But yeah, there's there's a lot of runway left, and they haven't put themselves in a hole. I mean, if you're starting the way Vancouver did, then you're already thinking like, okay, well, you know, you got to get 100 points in 82 games to make the playoffs, and so now we got to get uh, you know 98 points in in 76 games or whatever they're down to to make the playoffs. So yeah, I I, I still think uh, I'm not panicking about the Oilers at all. All right, one more from Brent here before we head over to news. Uh, hey, Reed, maybe that's what our defense needs to get for. Uh, Sorry, that's what our de- defense needs, uh, though, to get stronger and better and to get used to having a little more pressure on them. That's from Brent. Yeah, well, that's a fair comment, Brent. That's that's a nice uh, – I wonder if Brent's a coach because he's taking a, something that the Oilers are adjusting Very to. Very coach-like, say, hey, yes. Here's an, here's an opportunity to get better as opposed to here's uh, here's something that's that's plaguing the team. I, like I said, it's something they're going to have to adjust to. Smith was almost supernatural in his ability to play the puck. Um, Tristan Jari, by the way, made a great pass to set up the Sidney Crosby goal in the first period. But, um, you know, sometimes those, those, those don't always pan out. I want to talk to Kelly Rudy about this as well. But, yeah, that's a fair comment. And if, and if the Oilers are, are going to be a team that can go head-to-head against the big boys, then their, their defense is going to have to get sturdy. That is a concern. That's probably the chief concern for the team. Stopping the cycle, the sturdiness, the physicality of the defenseman. Is it enough? Well, they got a chance to work on it. And, of course, maybe the GM will work on it at some point as well. Okay, 780-496-0063. We got the news. We got the weather. We got Kelly Rudy coming up.